Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off this week I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. On today's podcast we'll be chatting to Cora and Cork footballer Kevin O'Driscoll ahead of Cork's Munster semi-final clash with Kerry at Parkacueve on Sunday. We'll also be joined by Cork All-Ireland winner Daniel Goulding to preview the big game and we'll be asking him what it takes to overcome the kingdom in championship action. The Cork ladies footballers also meet Kerry in their opening match of this year's championship on Saturday and later in the show we'll hear from Cork and Clonakilty goalkeeper Martina O'Brien ahead of their meeting at Austin Stack Park in Tralee. But before all that it's competition time. Our friends at Access Credit Union want to kit one of you out with a brand new Cork jersey ahead of the weekend's action. To be in with a chance of winning, all you have to do is head over to Twitter right now, retweet the photo that's pinned to the top of the Southern Stars timeline and follow Access Credit Union. Their handle is at accesscu underscore IRL. That's A-C-C-E-S-S-C-U underscore IRL. And Kieran, no, as a member of the Southern Stars staff, you are not allowed to enter, so don't ask. Now let's turn our attention to Sunday and the meeting of Cork and Kerry at Park Aquive. Kieran, before we hear from Kevin and Daniel, what are your own thoughts on the game at this stage of the week? Kerry, clear favourites, but what are you hoping to see from Ronan McCarthy's men on Sunday? Like you said, Jack, Kerry are clear favourites, and I see from the Kerry men newspaper that they have a, a kind of clean bill of health. There's no injury worries in the Kerry camp going into Sunday, so they can pick their strongest possible team. And to be quite honest, Kerry are at a better place right now than Cork currently are um, this Kerry team is very very settled going into Sunday semi-final they named the same team for the last two league games you could pick probably 13 or 14 of the first 15 right now maybe Stephen O'Brien is the only fella who will come into the Kerry half forward line but that Kerry team is very settled on the other hand in the Cork team isn't and it's just because injuries this, injuries haven't been kind to Cork um, if we look who's missing from the Cork team at the moment Kieran Sheehan is definitely out he's injured Nemo Donovan is definitely out. He's injured with a crucial injury. Kevin Crowley is out. Um, Tomas Clancy for my is out. Sean Powder and Brian Hurley both had hamstring niggles. Um, Sean White and Clannan Kitty is coming back from a hamstring problem. Luke Connolly has had a little niggle as well, I think. So straight away there, there's seven or eight Cork fellas who, who are starters who probably either won't play or doubts, mightn't play any part. So um, you can see from that alone that Kerry are in a better place going into this game. And you have to take it too, Jack, that Kerry are Division 1 champions and they've been playing Division 1 opposition all year, while Cork are Division 3 champions, but they've become up against Division 3 opposition. So it's easy to see why, why most pundits will tip Kerry to win, as well as their dominance in recent years. Like They're going for eight months of titles in a row. I think this is one of Cork's longest streaks without beating Kerry in championship football. And we'll chat to Daniel later on about that. He was part of the Cork team in 2012 that did beat Kerry in a Munster semi-final so while all the signs point towards a, a Kerry win, just look at last year's Munster final up in Parky Cueve. Nobody gave Cork a chance and they ran Kerry so close. I think that was three points in the end. Was it 119 to 310? And anything could happen in a Kerry Cork um, Munster game. Like just a fierce rivalry there. Especially and given the so- context, this is a one and done. It's an unusual exactly. championship. It's total knockout. So it's a shot to nothing for Cork. 
Hundred percent. Look at last weekend, um, Kevin Monaghan. Almost the same sort of. You'd a Monaghan team in Division One against a Kevin team who just been relegated from Division Two. Everyone fancied Monaghan to win that, and look what happened. Kevin won after after extra time. So nothing is impossible this year. It's it's a unusual championship. It's traditional lockout. It's on the day. There's there's no safety net of a of a backdoor here. There's no second chances. So um. I think Cork need to make this a very interesting game. They need to keep it very tight at the start. They well, just just on that then, Kieran, because um, I'm going to get your prediction later on in the show, so don't give it to us just now. But what what do you want to see from this Cork side on Sunday? If we're saying carry your favourites, so what do we want to see from Cork? How can they how can they make this a closer run thing? Well, in fairness to Cork, in the last eighteen months, they've been they're pointing the right in the right direction. They're definitely building towards something. Like I said, they're a bit unfortunate with their injury situation at the moment. That's not helping them. But um, Cork need to make this a game, and they need to keep it very tight on, on the carry forwards. They, they really do. Um, they cannot allow Kerry get a run in them like they did two years ago up in up in Party Creek as well, where Kerry just ran the show and ran away with the game. So Cork need to keep it really tight, and that comes down to a very tight defensive block, and even around the middle eight. They really need to keep it very, very tight. Their work and get stuck in carry spaces. And I think what we all want to see too, Jack, is, is is heart and fight and aggression in this Cork performance. I was going to touch on the Cork hurlers for a second. What we saw against Waterford last weekend, it, it wasn't good enough. It was um, you, 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 you'd hate to say it, but it was a team like they, they lacked aggression. They lacked. They didn't get in Waterford's faces. You didn't see enough heart and courage in that team. And I know the skill element is very important. But you need to want to win as well. And I think we need to see that desire, hunger and work rate off the Cork footballers um, next Sunday against Kerry. And if they bring that, they could make it a very interesting game because, like you said, it's a one-off game. It's in an empty party cueve, which will be very unusual and very eerie as well because um, these games, think about Kerry-Cork, you're talking packed houses years ago. There was nearly 20,000 in party cueve last year so. For this game to be played out in a empty party cueve is just it's a different element to it as as well. So um yeah, I just what I'd like to see is is this kind of this intense manic work rate off Cork. Um the fifteen fellows who start run themselves into the ground, the fellows who come off the bench do likewise. And if, if they do that, there, there is enough good players there to cause carry problems, I think. Well you mentioned the series of injuries that Cork have going into this game on Sunday but one player who will be involved is Cora's Kevin O'Driscoll and you caught up with him a little earlier on Kevin we're a couple of days out from a Munster semi-final against Kerry but it's not like any normal Munster clash against Kerry because we're obviously in these times at the moment and Parky Cueve will be empty on uh, for this weekend's semi-final um you played there a couple of weeks ago against Loud in an empty parky cueve. What was that experience like? And do you think that would help you come this weekend? Yeah, I suppose. Look, it's 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 different. It's a lot different than than what you'd be used to, especially for for Kerry in a Munster final. You know that that always draws a big crowd and and a great atmosphere, no, no matter whether it's on in, in Kerry or in Cork. So playing them in a in an empty stadium is is going to be a bit a bit eerie. But look. I suppose our experience from the loud game is once the game kind of starts and kicks off, all that goes out of your head, um, and you're just kind of in the moment playing the game. But it's it's, it's more the build up and and the warm up and stuff beforehand is, is kind of when you really notice it. So, so yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a different monster final. But any day that, that Kerry come to town, you know, it's it, it's it's not just the crowd that 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 uh, that gets up for the game. So we we we'll have to put it out of our minds once the game starts. As players, I suppose, with the with the club championships just gone, I suppose players are now used to probably playing behind closed doors. But like, does it get any easier to play behind closed doors? You know, like you're talking about, about the, the kind of a, a car carry game, that atmosphere, that roar, that cheer, and stuff like that. That obviously won't be there. So, like, as as players, do you get used to playing without any fans there? And what's that like then when you're actually on the pitch? I suppose you, yeah, yeah. I suppose you do get used to, it, but it's not, it's not something that we want to get used to in the long term. Um, you know, have, having the fans there and having that atmosphere is, is all part of the big day and, and, and really adds to it. But look, Joe, we're training in in Parky Cueve at the moment, um, big stadium with with no one there. So I suppose that's that that's going to be some benefit to us um, in knowing what it's going to be like on the day. But like I said, it's it's kind of weird in, in any big game when, when there's a big crowd there. It, 
it, it kind of sounds a bit a bit strange, but once the game starts, you really don't you don't notice the crowd because you're you're involved in the game so much. Um, like you can still hear each other calling on the pitch. You, know, you still have communication. So all that is, is is going to be the same as as any other day. And once the game kicks in, you kind of put the crowd to the back of your mind. But yeah, it, it is going to be a, a, a lot different. What's it like too in the lead up to a big game like this? Kind of work a couple of days out now from this Cork and Kerry game. What's what's your routine like the week of a big match? Um, I suppose that as you get older, your routine kind of changes. You know, back in when, when you're when you're younger and you're in college or whatever, you're you're kind of two weeks leading up to a game. A game like this is you you do absolutely nothing but the game. I suppose when you get older and you have you have other commitments, um, it actually makes it a little bit easier because you have your you have your daily routine and you have your work that you have to get done. Um, you have your other commitments. Um, so I suppose as you get older, the routine kind of does change, but it's still it's still joy at the forefront of your mind in in everything you're doing. Um, you're trying to get a, a little bit of extra rest in. You're trying to avoid those couple of meetings and work if, if possible you know, the, the week of the game and a couple of days before the game um, so yeah it's, it's, it's kind of you know, it, it, is the, it is the most important thing there but as you get older it, it, the routine does change slightly and what adds an extra edge to this weekend's game as well I suppose it is knockout it's like a traditional Munster knockout game from possibly I think nine, uh, 20 years ago was the last time this happened the winner advances the loser's knocked out so that will add an extra edge to the game Oh, absolutely! Yeah. You, know, you you always hear of of guys talking about the the, the old style championship back in the day and the, the knockout format and, and the extra edge that brought to it and it's it's something I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, it, it's great having having back doors and having uh, round robin championships and, and extra games. Every all, every player wants to play extra games, but you know, getting to experience straight knockout against Kerry first game of the championship, it's something that that as players I think we should relish as well because. Um, you know, going forward in, in, in future years is probably not something that's, that's going to be happening again, hopefully. What's the mood in the car camp like right now, kind of coming off the back of obviously promotion back to Division 2 and a, a perfect record in Division 3? Uh, mood in the camp is good. Um, you know, since, since we've come back, training has been, has been phenomenal for, I suppose, all, all the roadblocks that, that are put in our way and, are, and put in, in every team's way at the moment. Um, but the mood in the camp is, is, is really good. Um, you know, last weekend not having the game in our last game in the league was probably a bit of a, a bit of a, a setback for us because you know we, we, we need every competitive game we can get now this, at this time of year. But um, training has been brilliant since since lads came back from club championship. They're absolute champion at the bit. Um, the A versus B games that, that we are having in training, the intensity is it, it's like championship intensity and and it's going really well. Um, so I don't think we can have any excuses um, coming into this weekend in in, in training. Um, aspects because it, it has gone really well over the last number of weeks. We had Paul Kerrigan on the podcast quite recently just after the, the win against Loud and he said obviously one of the targets for Cork this year was to get promotion back to Division 2 and he said another target for Cork in the next couple of years or even this season has to be winning a Munster Championship because Kerry have won the last seven I think it is so like Paul was saying it's about time that Cork kind of stopped Kerry's dominance and won a Munster Championship kind of you'd obviously kind of feel, feel the same as Paul does. Yeah, absolutely. Look, getting out of Division Three was our was our first goal for the season. Um, it's it's a place that Cork football shouldn't be, but we only had ourselves to blame for for ending up there after last season. So look, that's job one ticked, done, perfect record in the league um, and promoted. I suppose looking back at last year, we put in some great performances, but didn't get the results. Um, so as a group of players and management, what we're looking to do, kind of as a, as a next step on that, is is take a big scalp, um, and the one we really want is Kerry. Um, and I think uh, this group of players you know, really needs to, to get a medal under their belt and a big scalp under their belt um, because it just hasn't happened to us for over, over the last number of years. So, yeah, that, that's a big goal for us. It's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a massive ask, but it's, it, it's really a goal that we're setting ourselves. Will it help in some ways that the pressure will be on Kerry this weekend? They're coming in as Division 1 champions. They're seen as the kind of the, the main contender to possibly take the Ireland title off Dublin. So the pressure will be on them coming up to Parky Cueve. So do you think that could play into Cork's hands some bit? I don't really, I, I don't really go for that, to be honest. Um, you know, Cork Kerry, it, it doesn't really matter what the form book is before any Cork Kerry game. It's still Cork Kerry. Um, you know, we... They're obviously the, the farm team, and, and, and they'll be hot favourites, and, and you know they, they deserve to be hot favourites coming into the game. But 
I don't think that we're taking the, the viewpoint that we're not putting pressure on ourselves for this game. You know, it's 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 still Cork Kerry, Munster semi-final down the park, straight knockout game. So there is massive pressure on on, on us as a, as a as a group of players, um, and it's something that that we're not going to shirk. Um, you know, Kerry have shown by by winning Division One how well they're going this year, and you know that they've I think they've even added to the strength that they had last year with some of the new forwards that they brought in this year and. Um, and they've shown that, that rightly so they should be favourites but that, that doesn't take the pressure off of us or the pressure that, that we put on ourselves as a group of players to, to be better and, and, and to you know, go out with the view of, of winning the game We talk about, there about Kerry adding to their panel but Cork definitely have this year as well we've seen the influx of the under-20s from, from last year come in and they've really bolstered and improved the Cork squad this year I'm thinking Cahill O'Mahony, Paul Ring Damien Gore and so on kind of that competition for places in there at the moment, I think there was 37, 38 players used throughout the league. Like, it's intense right inside there right now, Kevin. It is, and that's, that's, that's great. Um, I suppose, John, the, the, the new blood that we brought in this year has, has, has been brilliant. Um, those, those under-20s kind of play with a bit of, a bit of abandon. I, I know a lot of players have spoken about the abandon and the kind of free will they brought in. And, they showed by winning the, the All Ireland what, what a great group of players they are, and I think it's only added to to you know the mix of experience and, and new players. That it's it's great for the panel. Um, the competition for places I don't think has ever been higher, um, which obviously is great for us again. And look, I think I think the team is in a better place this year than we were last year. You know, last year was I suppose you could you could say a, a very up and down year. You know, getting getting relegated in the league and then putting in three good performances in in the in the Super 8s, but not getting a result. Um, but I think we're in a better place this year. You know, COVID and, not, and everything that that's brought, you know, it, it's brought a lot of challenges. But that's the same for everyone. Um, and I think we've managed it as, as best we can. And I think the management team, to be fair to them, and, and the medical team especially, um, have really managed us very well since we've come back. So, so yeah, I think we're in a good place. Um, and I think we're in a better place than we were last year. And especially the, the kind of competition up front, like obviously you're, you started in the game against Loud in, in attack and you look at that, you put up 5-19, yet there was no Brian Hurley, no Michael Hurley, no Cahill O'Mahony, Mark Collins only came on near the end. I think there was a couple of more lads missing, obviously, um, um, uh, like Kieran Sheen is injured at the moment. When you think of the players that are missing, yet you still posted 5-19, it just shows like there's serious strength and depth there and it's, it's all about getting, I suppose, getting that perfect, well, that perfect performance that that ideal performance now against Kerry this weekend? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I suppose, just speaking from a forwards perspective, there's probably 12, 13, 14 players there that are pushing for a starting spot. You can only play six, um, and it, it's, it's the same in the backs, you know. Um, it's, it's a great place for management to be. For a player, it's, it's, you know, it, it puts a bit of pressure on everyone in, in training that you do have to perform, and absolutely nobody's place is safe, um, which I think is a great place to be in. Um, so yeah, look, competition for, for places has, has never been higher, but that's what we want. I suppose like Kerry Cork games over the years, like, like we said there, they could take on a life of their own. But for, for the fans especially now, like this is something to watch this weekend. You know, it's been a, a, a tough year for, for so many people. And I know there was people saying the championship shouldn't go ahead or it should go ahead and so on. Like there's kind of different sides of the argument. But the main thing is it is going ahead and it's something for fans to watch this weekend. So what's your, what's your own thoughts on... I suppose on the championships kind of progressing and getting the green light. Yeah, look, I suppose everyone has has different opinions on it, and I, I suppose if anything over the last few months, what what COVID has done is it's put into perspective that that sport is isn't the be all and end all. John, there's a lot more important things in life. Um, now that being said, I, I think I think I think it was the right decision to go ahead with the championship. So a lot of people are in are in different situations and they have people at home that are high risk. And I, I don't think it's, it's right to put anyone under pressure to play. And if, if fellas opted out for different reasons, I think that's absolutely their prerogative, you know, and, and, and their right to do so because just, just as a group, when we spoke about it, I suppose over the last number of weeks, the, the, the importance of, of, you know, your health and your family and everything else in life and football comes after that. But I suppose the flip side of that is look, it, it, it is something for for the GA public to watch. It does um, it does lift the morale of the public a bit. I think it, it gives people something else to talk about, if nothing else, uh, for a few weeks before before a big game like this. Um, and I just think, as as a group of players and management and a squad, we're we're in a privileged position to be 
to be allowed to play it. Um, and I think just credit has to go to our medical team um, and all the precautions they put in place and, and the professionalism of it since, since we've gone back has been amazing. Um, so I suppose without those guys and all those things in place, it could never go ahead. But just from my point of view, I think it's, I think it's a great thing that it is going ahead um, with all the right um, safety protocols in place, obviously. Like you said there, it's given something for something for, for people to talk about and hopefully if Cork, and I think a lot of other counties will be hoping to be talking about a Cork victory after next weekend. So very best of luck, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Kieran. No worries. Talk soon. Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. In Thursday's Southern Star, we're carrying a special West Cork guide on how to stop David Clifford. And we'll touch on that a little later in the show. But Kieran, if you were to compile a guide on how to beat Kerry in the championship, the first man you might call is Daniel Goulding. Oh, Daniel Goulding, he's a, he's a living legend in Cork football, in fairness to him. Um, the man in a match in the 2010 All-Ireland Final against Down. He was an All-Star in, in, in 2009. He's four Munster senior football titles. So he's a man who, who's a... And a national, I think it's three national division one leagues as well. So he's a man with a with a great collection of medals. Um, and he's still going strong. He was superb for Air Og in the in the senior A football championship this year. So I'm delighted to have have a chat with him ahead of the, the Cork and Kerry game on Sunday because nobody knows better than Daniel what it's like to take on Kerry in the championship. And unlike a lot of the current Cork players, Daniel is is a is a Cork fella who knows what it's like to beat Kerry in the championship. So it was great to pick his brains a little bit earlier. Here comes a chance. Oh, that is fantastic score. Daniel Goulding, four points for him. In first, Daniel Goulding onto the left boat. He's a wonderful kicker of a ball. Back out towards Goulding. Setting his foot through this and putting it over the bar. His third point is 100th in the championship. More importantly today, however, Cork's first point from play. Daniel Goulding, one of the Cork substitutes, comes on and displays his array of skills. There it is and it's all over. And Cork are the All-Ireland football champions for 2010. Celebrations all around. I'd like to be joined on the podcast by a man who knows what it's like to play Kerry and beat Kerry. Um, Daniel Goulding, welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. Thanks for having me. Like I said there, Daniel, you've played Kerry countless times over the years. Um, and when it comes to the Munster Championship, you finished your career with four Munster senior medals. Um, and we're looking at the current Cork senior team. Only, I think it's Paul Kerrigan, Mark Collins and Kieran Sheehan have Munster senior medals. And that goes back to 2012. And that was actually the last time Cork beat Kerry in the Munster Championship. It was a 2012 Munster semi-final, and you were part of, of that Cork squad. Have you any memories or recollections from that day, Daniel? Yeah, um, I, as far as I remember, I came on in the second half. Um, we were we were on top for most of the game, as far as I can remember. Um, we we played very well that day. Um, 2012 was actually probably one of the bar losing to Donegal was probably one of our best years in terms of how we played. We played some great football that year. Um, and I remember there was a big, big crowd in Parky. Cueve was a hot day as usual. Most days it's either lashing rain or hot. There was no, there was no in between. Um, pitch was in immaculate condition, and I think we played down into the Black Rock end in the second half and kind of took over in the second half and won by five or six in the end. Um, it's uh, good, me- good memories, and um, I suppose we always found it a bit easier to play carry up in Parky Cueve as opposed to going down to Fitzgerald Stadium. When you look at that Cork team too, Daniel, like there was a Cork team loaded with, with leaders and quality players, right from Quirk and Gold. We're talking about Owen Cadigan, Michael Shields, Prodigy Sang, Kentino O'Leary in defence, you'd Aidan Walsh, Alan O'Connor midfield, yourself up front, there was Kerrigan, Paddy Kelly, Colm O'Neill, uh, Donnick O'Connor. That team had it all. It, that, that was a very special Cork team, a very strong Cork team still. 
Yeah, it was. And uh, even there, I think Air, Air Sport had um, two league games on from 2010, Cork and Kerry and Dublin and Cork and, uh, and Parky Ring. They were on there the other night on Air Sport and um, you're spot on. We, we had a very strong panel. Um, we had a combination of lads who'd kind of come up through the ranks from the 21s and won the 21 All-Ireland. And then we had the, the older lads who'd kind of seen the barren times and stayed on because they were, they were great leaders and fanatical about Cork J. And it was a, a nice blend. We had um, we'd a nice panel. And even that day, we were, those two games now that were on during the week, we, we were missing a good few. And you still had some very good fellas coming on. You had Paul Flynn from Ballyclaw, was a very good player. Conor O'Driscoll was playing. Um, for Millen Rovers, uh, you you just good players all over the pitch, and uh, I suppose there was a good bond there as well, which was very important. The culture, the culture in that dressing room was very strong, and fellas were held accountable. And that was a Cork team too that knew what it was like to to beat a Kerry team. Because if we're looking at the present team, it's like we're saying there, it's 2012 since Cork's last championship win over Kerry was, and that's that's seven years. It's a long time. But back then, you knew how to beat Kerry. Like, you're going to be beating regularly in, in Munster. Forget the All-Ireland series for a second, where I suppose we're looking at, at the Munster championship here. But when it came to Kerry and Cork and Munster, Cork had no fear of, of, of Kerry teams at the time. Yeah, I suppose the, the under-21 team that I was on, we three years, there was a kind of nucleus of that team, had won three Munsters in a row. So I suppose we, we'd been used to kind of beating Kerry and... Um, I suppose when you play each other so regularly uh, you get to know each other uh, we played each other probably three four times a year and I suppose we had the players and the group that were probably good enough to match them on certain days and, and we had our um, we had our good victories in Cork never got the, the win down in uh, Fitzgerald's Park or, or Stadium which always uh, still galls me to this day with so many close chances and there were great games and I suppose we had a really, really good Cork team and were confident that we could beat Kerry. And similarly, I suppose, looking back, uh, people often say, oh, she didn't beat Kerry, that wouldn't matter. But that was, um, that was a serious Kerry team as well. Some of the best players that ever played for Kerry were on that team. And uh, I think at the time, that Munster Championship in terms of Cork and Kerry was extremely strong. Are you actually surprised, Daniel, that it's 2012 was Cork's last championship victory over Kerry? <clears throat> um. I suppose I'm not because I was involved in three or four of the losses after. And I suppose we had a, a huge turnover in players from 2013 to, to no even. Um, you've, as you said, there's only what, three, two or three lads left that have instrumentals on the panel. Um, you lost a lot of the, the older brigades, the, the Grahams, the Nickies, the Noli Larrys, all these lads. And um, they're very hard to replace, like no matter no matter what team it is, um, they're absolute leaders and it made it easier for the, long, the younger lads to kind of express themselves to, to myself, Paul Kerrigan, Shields, um, Finton Gould, all these fellas. Um, and I suppose losing those fellas so quickly, um, probably the culture probably dropped a small bit in the dressing room and obviously the quality just because of what men they were. And um, I suppose Ronan over the last couple of years is on kind of a mission to start bringing that culture back up and I suppose kind of get Cork playing a style of football that they know everyone knows what they're doing and everyone has their role and everyone's accountable to that. And I think to be fair this year, um, winning Division 3 convincingly, they're going in the right direction now again and do you know what, sometimes you have to hit a, a kind of a low place to, to start rebuilding. Can you draw any parallels between where Cork are now and let's say around when you, when you came on the, on the scene first and when you had Cork um, under-21 teams winning All-Irelands and doing very well at the moment. Now we have a Cork under-20 team that won last year's All-Ireland and they beat Cork, uh, they beat, sorry, they beat Kerry, Tyrone and Dublin to win a very good All-Ireland. The Cork Miners won the All-Ireland last year. Um, we have those experienced players there at the moment. Like I mentioned Kerrigan, Kieran Sheehan um, and, and Mark Collins and so on. And you have this kind of influx of really quality young players coming in. Can you see any parallels between the two or... Yeah, absolutely. I suppose um, we were we were in a, a similar situation, albeit I suppose when Orange Twenty One team came in, we were like my my second year in the group. We were challenging for an All Ireland. We lost the um, final in seven to Kerry, and I suppose there was an awful lot of good work done even then by Billy Morgan. Has kind of picked up Corkwardown kind of in the doldrums a bit, and Billy had kind of got it back on uh, back in the straight and narrow and. 
Uh, it's a small but different this time. Um, I suppose some of those young lads are coming into uh, Division Three football and Division Two next year. And look, I think that can really help as well because you're not thrown into the deep end straight away. And um, like you see a couple of fellas are developing this year already. Damien Gore and Pahal Omani have got good game time in the league um, in Division Three um, and, and built up some confidence. And, and you'd hope now next year that Cork, uh, with a balanced approach again and kind of a real commitment, can kind of challenge big time for Division Two. And I suppose what that allows you then is your, your minors and 21s that are coming through gives them experience at playing a very good level of football and winning. Um, because Division 1 is a totally different kettle of fish. And I, I think you really need a balanced, settled team that knows how to win week in, week out to, to play in Division 1. There were a couple of seasons, um, a few years back, where Cork seemed to be drifting along. But last year, and, and even this year, kind of it's definitely pointed in the right direction. Can you see a, a change even in, I suppose, the, the, kind of the Cork mindset or even the positivity around the Cork team? It seems to be, like I said, Cork is pointed in the right direction after those couple of years in the doldrums. Yeah, it is, I think, definitely. And look, um, I suppose with such, say, the, the previous couple of years, and I was involved in myself, with such a change in flux, and I suppose if, if you're not fully confident and things start going against you at the top level, it's, it's very hard to win games, especially big games. Um, like, and I think that was reflective in even in the time when things weren't going well. We still took Mayo to extra times up at Crow Park and in Limerick and um, ran Kerry close in Killarney but it's just that that little bit extra that you know when everyone's on the same page and the culture's right and that's when fellas really trust each other in the last five or ten minutes of games to win it and I think in fairness last year it, it, it's turning like there was good performances uh, against Kerry uh, could have won that game and maybe should have if, uh, if some things that went their way and I think represented themselves very well in the Super 8s as well. Um, and I suppose then continued that good form by kind of just doing the job this year, getting out of Division 3 with no fuss. Um, and it's funny, you'd always, I always kind of look at what you're hearing around the place and I've heard no mention of a team, what the team's going to be for next Sunday. And I think that's always a good sign. It means that the group is tight and that... Uh, you know, um, there's no stories being told around the place, which often can happen if the group isn't tight. It's actually quite funny, Daniel, because I got a text earlier from a, another reporter in Cork saying, have you heard any news about the team? And I said, yeah. not a word, because like you said, there's not a peep at the moment, you know, it's been, a, it's been kept really quiet, which, like you said, is, is a good sign. And I think what also is a good sign is, we mentioned the Cork under-20s there, that they are they're used to beating Kerry underage, you know, and I don't think you can put a price on that because you have these young fellas now who've stepped up into the senior panel who probably don't fear, who don't fear the kind of green and gold jersey. And you mentioned the likes there of Colin O'Mahony and Damien Corn, Colin McCallan is another fellow who stepped up, Paul Ring, Brian Hartness. Of these under-20s who've come on, who kind of catches your eye the most? Who are you most excited by? Um, I suppose I haven't seen a huge amount of this year, but Colin O'Mahony, at, when they won the under-20 All-Ireland, was incredible. Um, and uh, I suppose even from free-taking alone, it's, it's a huge bonus to have a player that can consistently put the ball over from anywhere inside 40 yards, 45 yards. And to be honest, they're all very exciting players. Um, and I suppose what, what's needed from those lads now is, you know, this kind of desire and commitment that winning with Cork is probably your be-all and end-all as much as possible. And um, they've proved they can do it a minor in 21. And I suppose... The next step now is you're, you're, like you're in with the big boys and like the top five or six teams in the country or more, even probably 10 teams in the country. Winning, winning into county games is all that matters to them. And, um, you know, you really have to have that desire and willingness to put car football first. And because I've no doubt all those lads have the talent. Um, they've shown it at their, at their respective ages. Um, they're all very exciting players. Like when, when you saw what they did to Dublin after being seven or eight points down after a quarter of an hour. Any, any team without character would have folded but um, there's a great bunch of lads there and I suppose as I said the, the, the onus is on them now along with the lads that are there with the last couple of years to kind of really push this on they've made a good start this year I'm going to jump to the kind of the other side of the age spectrum and ask you about Paul Kerrigan a fellow you know so well he's you soldiered with him for so long and he's still going like he grabbed two goals against Loud like a couple of weeks ago in, in the league kind of um how important is it for us, was the squad that someone like Paul Kerrigan is still there, a man if he's experienced? And are you surprised that he's still going so strong? 
Um, I suppose I'm not surprised anyway because he, he just loves football. He loves cock football. He loves Nemo football. He, he's an ultimate competitor. He loves winning. Um, was he's nearly one of the most decorated club footballers in Cork um, in terms of what he's won and uh, always and ever has been a really committed fella and works very hard in his own that people wouldn't know about either and um, constantly gymming, constantly trying to trying to improve and um, yeah, he's a, he's a testament to himself and uh, it's great to have him in there in there like in you see like it's it's great for Cork say the under 20s and some of the minors coming in know that see a fella that's Paul's age of 34 still putting in the hard slog and already is an all early medal um, and kind of a, a lot of monsters and I suppose just being able to listen to what he says and the bit of experience he has from playing against Kerry and also just the way he conducts himself um, I, I've no doubt he's nothing but a positive influence on the group and Kieran Sheen will be similar having him back in the group and even I know Mark, didn't, Mark Collins and Ian McGuire didn't win anything with the 2012 or 13 teams, but they're, they're the kind of leaders you need. And I suppose um, like the under-20s will have no, no, um, be no issue for them to follow those boys and rowing behind them. When you look at Paul Kerrigan still going strong at 34, do you ever, do you ever regret hanging up your boots back in 2016? Uh, no, then, no. Uh, uh, the legs, <laughs> I'd say I hung up my legs, I'd say. Um, the pace of the game is is crazy at the moment, um, and Paul Paul luckily has a lot of pace. His buckets of pace, but I think the say from fourteen fifteen the, the fitness levels and the commitment has gone through the roof, and uh, um, it's nearly a different. You nearly need a different type of body shape now to be playing that game. You need to be super athletic um, and be able to go all day. And, Unfortunately, I'm not one of those fellas. <laughs> We're going to casterize across the county bounds to Kerry for a second. Uh, since I have you here, and obviously an all-star um, forward, uh, man of the match in the 2010 All-Ireland Final, I have to ask you what you think of David Clifford. Obviously, there's so much hype about, uh, about the, the Kerry captain um, burst on the scene. He's regarded as, as, as the, the big thing in Gaelic football at the moment. From what you've seen, um, do you think he's as good as people say? Do you think he's a potential to be one of the greats? Or is that putting too much pressure on a young fella in just his second season at senior football? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, really. You swear he was around with 10 years. Um, but yeah, I saw him in the minor final in, I couldn't tell you, it's probably four or five, three or four years ago when he got the four goals. Um, yeah, he's just an incredible talent. Um, he is, if he keeps going the way he's going, um, not putting pressure on the man, but he will be one of the all-time greats. Um, he's dominating games at, let's say, 21 or 2 now. 21, um, yeah. 21, like, it's, it's insane, really. And he has it all. He can, he can win his own ball. Uh, he's a huge man. He can kick off both feet. He can dummy solo off both feet. He's got unbelievable vision to bring other people into the game. And I suppose he's the complete package. Um, I, I was watching a couple of the last couple of Kerry League games, and they're playing him a bit further out the field. I'm a small bit surprised by it. Um, just he's no no finisher to me, and I suppose I'd be keeping him as close to the goal as possible. But uh, that might be a plan for Sunday. Who knows? Looking ahead to Sunday now, obviously the Cork Kerry Munster Munster semi final. Um, Kerry are going for eight senior titles in a row if they can get past Cork on on Sunday. And a lot of the pundits are tipping a Kerry win. Can you see how Cork can win this game, Daniel? And if so, how can they win it? Um. I suppose, first of all, tie down Clifford um, is the big thing. Um, like, and I suppose you, you really have to tie down all the carry forwards because if, if Clifford doesn't um, do the business, someone else will step up. Um, Sean O'Shea as well, obviously, and a couple others. Um, so have to be very tight at the back and have to be very economical up front. That's how I put it. Um, I don't think you're going to beat Kerry in a shootout. So if it's a free-flowing game, I think Kerry will have too much. Um, I think you just have to be really, really tight at the back. Um, even if you the game last year, Cork had their chances and the four or five chances they didn't take cost in the game. Um, and it's nearly one where you're, you're going to have to be scoring probably 90% of the time you attack for Cork. Um, and they'll have to be patient too because Kerry are playing a bit more defensive this year. They're dropping a lot of men behind the ball and... I suppose what you don't want to do is get sucked in and get turned over fast and carry her on the break then and they have the pace and power to to um to do an awful lot of damage. 
and even I suppose the last couple of years and I suppose the year previous in, in Park Equive it was around the middle eight where Kerry actually did all their damage they got a lot of scores but it was all coming from the middle eight so I suppose there's a and Cork had some joy there last year so there's some a huge onus around the middle eight that I suppose the, the, six, the three backs kind of defend first along with the midfielders and also then that they put Kerry on the back foot as well. So I think the middle eight's going to have a huge bearing on it. We've um, John Hayes, the Kerry Rangers footballer and the former Cork footballer. He's writing a column in this week's Southern Star. Um, looking forward to the game. And he says Cork need goals. He said Cork, like you said there, Daniel, Cork have to be clinical. He thinks for Cork to win, they'd have to get maybe three or four goals because, like you said there, Kerry at the other end there are, are, are very strong. So when it comes to being clinical on, on the day of a big game like this, is really adv- not advice, but... I suppose far forwards out there, kind of, what can they do to make sure that they're in the best position to take the chances when they come their way? I suppose, well, I'd, I'd always find, and I suppose I learned it as I went through inter-county games myself, is um, usually the first option is the best option. So if you see a man free, you don't need to take on your man, you give it to him, and that'll open up the whole space. Um, I would imagine that Cork have some form of system where they want to be shooting inside, inside the scoring zone. And they want to be, I suppose, almost passing the ball over the bar as opposed to taking on crazy shots. And it's all about being patient and sticking to the, a game plan. Um, I suppose if, if lads start doing their own thing, that's when the pressure comes on. And um, that's the one bit of advice I'd have for Cork, their game plan. They need, they need to stick whatever game plan and just fully buy into it. And uh, if, if it works, they'll be there about. And if it doesn't and lads start doing their own thing, that's when there could, there could be a bit, of, a bit of hassle. I'm finding it quite an unusual week, Daniel, because the Cork-Kerry rivalry is obviously built between the bench between the fans and there's such a crossover of Cork people and Kerry and vice versa. And obviously with the lockdown at the moment and so many of us are working from home, we're not seeing kind of, we're not meeting friends and, and so on from, our, from, from Cork or, or Kerry. And in the game itself on Sunday is going to be behind closed doors. So it's quite an unusual Cork-Kerry game, probably the most unusual in, that, that I, I could ever recall anyway. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally surreal. Um, look, I suppose as a as, uh, big GA fan, it's great that we get to watch these games. Um, is, it, is it the correct thing to be playing them? I don't know, but it's, it's great that we get to watch them anyway and it takes over our weekends. And I suppose probably, you'd imagine there'll be a huge crowd watching this game, but as, as I suppose in terms of the bit of crack we'd have with the Kerry lads in our club, there we've a good shot of Kerry lads and you don't get to meet them and have the bit of banter and I suppose it's probably even hard to do interviews with people face-to-face for yourselves and it's just a bit different but um, I suppose the prize is huge for both teams. Um, Munster final and the other team out of the championship um, and really tees you up for a good chance to go far in the competition. So um, I've no doubt both teams, that's the way they'll be thinking and they'll be preparing for it as if uh, it's a normal do-or-die Munster championship game. We kind of mentioned there kind of the, the, the knockout element of this game. And do you think that could actually play into Cork's hands? Because like we said earlier, Kerry will be favourites in most people's eyes. So the pressure will be on them. But if Cork can make a game of it like they did last year and bring this, this, this semi-final into the last 10 minutes, that could put doubt into Kerry players' minds because like we said, they're, they're expected to win. But if it's brought into a battle in the last 10 minutes and it's knockout and the Kerry fellas are thinking, oh Christ, we're on the verge of getting knocked out of the championship. There's no safety in it here. There's no back door. Do you think that could, that, that could be a, that fear factor could be an element on Sunday? Um, I'm, not, I'm not so sure, simply because Kerry have been there. They've been in these knockout games. They've been to an all-earned final last year and went to replay. They've, that panel has a lot of experience. Um, I suppose what, what it does do for both teams, and I suppose especially Cork, is that this is, this is really do or die for Cork now. There's no falling back into qualifiers. And... Um, you know, maybe subconsciously, and it was always the way when you play Cork and Kerry, you'd always say, right, we didn't win, but look, we can build on this and go through the qualifier route. That's gone. So Cork just have to go all out for this game. Prediction time. So what would you, who are you going for on Sunday? Or is that a silly question? Um, I'd love to see Cork win in my, my heart. I'd love to see Cork win, but I think Kerry will just have a bit too much um, for a few reasons. I think that... Uh, I suppose they're in their second year now with Peter Keane and the experience they've had from last year, like when they came back from lockdown, they're not wondering about what we were doing in the league. They they're probably are well, ruled, well into their game plan and how they want to play and what all their roles are. Whereas 
I think for Cork, unfortunately, the COVID situation and the lockdown came at possibly the worst time you could get for them because Cork were just about developing a new style of play and winning games in Division 3. And then the next thing, the whole stopped up. So the whole thing stopped up. So fellas were getting, getting to know their roles. Lads were getting game time that hadn't been getting it before. And I just think Kerry probably have that bit too much experience for Cork at the moment in terms of game plan what they're about and kind of winning these big do-or-die games. Um, no, I think Cork can give a really good account to themselves if they keep it tight and stick to their own game plan and, I suppose, be very patient in how they play the game. But uh, I think Kerry would probably have a bit too much. Great stuff, Daniel. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Great stuff there from Daniel. Now, before we chat to Martina O'Brien, I just want to pause for a minute to chat to our friends at Access Credit Union. The Star Sport Podcast is, of course, brought to you by Access Credit Union, your trusted local financial partner. Just recently, I went through the process of opening a current account with Access Credit Union, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's changed my life. I was able to open the account online during lockdown, which made the process completely hassle-free, and it was made even easier by the great support provided by Access Credit Union team leader, Amanda O'Sullivan, who joins me now. Amanda, I understand you can now apply for a credit union loan online as well. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, you can. If you thought applying for your current account was easy, um, you'll be delighted when you come to us for your car loan. Um, you can apply online just as long as you're registered for your online banking. A couple of clicks and it comes to us here in Access Credit Union. The personal touch still isn't lost. We'll still bring you back and discuss the loan with you. Um, and you can upload any supporting documents you needed, your uh, payslips, bank statements, that sort of thing. Um, we attach them here to your loan, assess the loan, and you can draw it down online. So we aim to do that all within 24 to 48 hours, depending on when you submit your documents. Um, and I suppose it was something that was in the pipeline for a while, but with COVID-19, it sped, sped us up to, to provide the service. Um, and it's really worked out well for us. And you know, for members being able to access their funds and still draw down their loan, it's been it's been a great asset to us really and to the community. I suppose, yeah, um, typically people always have to come into the credit union to draw down their loan and, you know, for young people who may not be living in the area anymore, we were inaccessible then. So now we're back back in the market for these these members again. Um, and hopefully they will they will support us as we are supporting local businesses. And you know, with every 10 euros spent in the locality, it generates 40 euros for the local economy. So in turn, the interest that you're paying on your loan in your local credit union goes back into your local economy. So you know, everyone's helping each other with this. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Amanda. And don't forget, Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24/7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. Martina O'Brien has already enjoyed a trophy-laden season this year, winning the senior county title with West Cork and the intermediate title with her club, Clonakilty, but she has no intention of resting on her laurels. On Saturday at 3pm, the Cork ladies footballers travel to Tralee to take on all rivals Kerry. And Kieran, this game should tell us a lot about where Evie Fitzgerald's side are at. Yeah, it's, a, it's another part of this Cork Kerry special weekend. Um, it was a toss of Provinio made on Wednesday morning. They tossed the coin to see would it be in a Kerry venue or would it be in a Cork venue. And uh, Kerry won the toss, so the game is out in Austin Stack Park. So the Cork players will have to travel down there on Saturday for that game. And as far as I know, Jack, they're all traveling down in their own cars, which is probably becoming more and more um, normal, you know, kind of for for um, this, this year's championship. So it's a big game for Cork and it's their first competitive game since they lost to Donegal in the league back in the start of March. But it's also a game that the Cork ladies need to win because just to explain that um, the way the All-Ireland Football Championship works in the ladies this year is that there's four groups of three and the winner out of each group advances to the All-Ireland semi-final. Kerry are, are in with Kevin and Cork and Kerry and Kevin played last weekend, and Kerry won that 5-14 to 13 points. So that means if Kerry beat Cork on Saturday, then Kerry will top the group and go through to the semi-final, and Cork are out. But if Cork win, that it'll take it to the last game against Kevin the following week. So basically, to cut a long story short, Cork need to hit the ground running on Saturday, and they need to beat Kerry. And you'd fancy, it, fancy them too, Jack, because this is a Cork team that um, is flying high in Division 1. It's been kind of competing for All-Irelands in the last couple of years, while Kerry have been down in Division 2. Albeit this Kerry team is definitely improving under their new management team. They've Declan, Quill and Darrell Long in there. 
and they're kind of making the right noises. I still think Cork have, have far too much for them. Um, you look at the, we're going to talk to Martina quite soon, Martina O'Brien and goal. Look at the, the likes of the more Abbey contingent, Kiro O'Sullivan, Darren O'Sullivan. Look at Orla Finn and all these players, Anya Terry, Neve Cotter back in there, the Kylies. Um, it's a really, really strong Cork team. And I expect them to lay down a marker this Saturday against Kerry, get the win that they need to set them up for their second group game against Kevin. And I fully expect Cork to emerge from this group and get through to the All-Ireland semi-final. And when I spoke to Martina O'Brien a little bit earlier, she was making the same point, Jack, that Cork needs to hit the ground running this Saturday. We're delighted to be joined by Cork football goalkeeper Martina O'Brien ahead of Cork's um, All-Ireland Championship opener against Kerry this Saturday. Before we chat about Cork, Martina, just want to say huge congratulations. Since I've talked to you last, you've won a, a county intermediate title with Clannacilty and a county senior football title with West Cork. So just on the club scene for a second, what a wonderful couple of weeks and months that was. Oh, yeah. Look, I it I suppose it's it feels like so long ago now, like it feels like last year, but... Uh, we had we had a right good run of it this year. Um, I suppose because the the whole thing was so condensed and um, you know it was run off within the two months or whatever. It just flew, um, and it was a great great two months actually. Regardless of the winning of like finals and stuff, obviously it was great to win. But like it was just very enjoyable. Um, there was an awful lot of. Just, you know, like it gave us something to get out and do. Um, it gave us a focus. And I suppose, look, what we got in the end of it was winning, which was great. But um, do you know what? It, it brought, I suppose it brought it all back to what the club is and how important, I suppose, it is for communities. And definitely, I suppose, it, it, it probably instilled in me again, how important my club is. Don't you might have kind of probably lost that over the last couple of years, maybe when you get playing county a bit. Um, but definitely no, it was the most enjoyable um club clubs um season I think I've had, to be honest. Like we don't know what next year holds or what's gonna happen. But like the GA, like they should definitely look at keeping this club only window or kind of something similar because every player I've spoken to have loved that time with the club. Like you were back playing Camogie with Bell, you were playing football with with Clan and West Cork. Like and you got a this kind of this uninterrupted window with with your club and your friends and your teammates that you wouldn't necessarily have got in other years. Yeah, like I think if there is any option to have that clear divide where you're with your club. And then when that's over and done with, and only when it's over and done with, that you go back to county or whatever it is, have county and then just it's all club. Because I think at the moment, and, and like you see it year in, year out with the men's, but it's it's definitely crept into the, into the ladies' side of it in the last kind of four or five years, maybe more, where we're not getting clear time with our clubs. And to, to no fault of the management with the county and to no fault of management with, with club or whatever, but players are just being pulled left right and center and they've been I suppose it's too hard now to to fit in your club and your county at one because you're you have so much so many days in the week that you're you're expected to to train for county you know that might be collective or might be um individual sessions but it's it's just not possible for one person to then go away and train three times with their club so um I think for for everybody's sake and and definitely for the for for the enjoyment side of it um i i found this year that was the best part was you had your time with your club you got to know everybody again i suppose you just fall out of that because you're not in there every week and i think the the girls and management of clubs appreciated it so much and it probably gave a lot of clubs a boost to have maybe their county players around a, a lot more how did you find in martina to switch from club back into the back into intercounty um, it was rough enough for the, for the first week or two but I know look I suppose it was a seamless transition again like look for the first week or two sure we were all just delighted to be around and, and kind of meeting up and, and you know having the chats or whatever before training um, but I suppose the only probably difference between it is is that intensity you know in training um, you have to mind yourself a bit more uh, it's harder your body is probably sore day, day in day out week in week out but to be honest, not like it would have been great maybe to have maybe a bit more time in between the two, you know, just get your head around it and kind of have that time um, to just chillax or whatever. But look, there there was no time for it this year. But uh, definitely, look, it was it was definitely great this year to have 
something to go into again rather than just stopping, I suppose. Now, I know it's going to be winter football and it's going to be like raining. Like, I mean, the, the match there, the hurling match at, at the weekend was at Sunday in Perth Cube. Like, I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy weather like to be playing in. Um, but look, I'm just glad to be back, I suppose. Um, and everybody, all the girls are just glad to be back doing something, you know, you know, that we can kind of keep ourselves occupied as well over the winter. What a game to come back to this Saturday. Cork against Kerry in the All-Ireland Championship. And, and the way it works, so just to explain to listeners, is that there's four groups of three in this year's Senior Championship and Cork are in a group with Kerry and Kevin. Kerry and Kevin played last weekend and I think Kerry won that 5-14 to 13 points. And it's it's only the group winner that will advance to the All-Ireland semi-final. So um, seeing that Kerry won that game and I've seen their manager Declan Quill has called this Saturday's game a do-or-die game because Kerry know if they win they're true to, to the All-Ireland semi-final. So there's obviously a lot on the line. And this is already, it's a must-win game for Cork Martina. So what's the what's what's the mindset like going into this one? Um, I suppose it just has to be, like it's knockout football. There's no other way about it. If you lose, you're gone. Um, like, And it's the same for Kerry just because they won their match on on Saturday. Like it, that really probably doesn't matter because they still have to win this match. Um, so it's knockout football. I suppose it just throws that bit of excitement into it. Um, look, we're kind of going in. I suppose we haven't had a match, a competitive match in like since since the league match. So um, it's it's probably we're probably going in maybe a little cold, but um, training has been going very well. Um, everybody is fighting for places. Like we've a, we've quite a big panel this year, and um, like to be honest, I don't know how they're going to pick a panel. Never mind pick a team. Um, so we are very lucky in the sense that we have a lot, a lot of people fighting for places, and it really just brings that fight, I suppose, in for championship because everyone wants to be playing. Um, well, look, we've I think we've prepared fairly well over the last couple of weeks. The lads have been very good. You know, we've had ABBs against each other, and we've just I suppose been doing as much as we as much as we can to be preparing for this match. But nothing I suppose prepares yeah until you get onto the pitch and and kind of. Just like we want to just be playing now, to be honest, uh, it's a long, it's a long lead in, I suppose. Um, we're kind of, I suppose, we're wary that Kerry have had that match. They've already, and like they put up a serious score against Cavan. And uh, like Cavan were good. I watched, I watched the game and, and Cavan pushed them. But like Kerry, Kerry have the firepower. Um, and they, they seem to have, you know, a couple of players that maybe would have played a couple of years ago back to, to strengthen the whole thing up. So um, it's going to be a tough test for us. And we know that. Obviously, there's a car carry rivalry there, and it goes back years and years. And you probably know that rivalry better than most because you were working down in Tralee for a while. So you were definitely you were deep beyond enemy lines there for a spell. So you know what they what they think in Kerry and how how they feel about playing Cork and how much they, they love to play Cork. And it's it's the same in Cork where Cork people love love to play Kerry. So um, what's it like looking forward to kind of a, a Cork Kerry derby, Martina? To be to be part of that, and is it also is it a great game for Cork to focus the minds as it's your first game and Kerry or after that 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 game against Kevin yeah I think like we ourselves and Kerry we're like we play every year in Munster um we would have been playing in in the league so we meet each other numerous times over the years um I think it's a good one definitely a good one to be going into because you know like we know how good they are um and they always bring they always bring their A game you know like you're never going to get it easy against Kerry whether it's like they're they've obviously serious talented footballers but they also have that drive to win and I think for them, they see a Cork jersey and they want to, to beat it. And it's, it's obviously the same for us. Like we see a Kerry jersey and we, it, it riles you up. Like it gets you, it gets you in the zone. So um, I suppose it is, it's probably a good one to definitely start with because you just, you know what you're kind of in for. Um, and if you're not prepared for that, you know you're not going to come out on the winning side. I know it's very much a cliche, but the way the championship is kind of structured this year, it is every game as it comes because it's going to be sh- such a short championship. Momentum is so important, but you can't afford to kind of look ahead to a possible All Ireland semi final or a possible All Ireland final. It really is take every game as it comes in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose the first round of games show that, like um, Donegal nearly pipped, pipped Dublin, like, and, and same Galway were run close by tip. So like it's it's not where you can look to your next game because you really have to just focus on the one that's coming, um, and like put all your energy into that because like one slip up and you're gone like that's it. Now and I suppose we haven't had that luxury of of um, knockout football in a long time. You know we've all you always have a back door. You've always have something to fall back on. 
Um, so like I suppose it happened to us last year, like we won our first game in, in the round robin series part of it, but then we lost our second game. And like, you know, I suppose only that we only lost by point, we were very lucky to kind of stay in championship. So you have to be very focused and just like whatever, whatever game is, is in front of you, just focus on that and, and whatever comes hopefully for the week after, then, then you turn your focus to that after the game. But look, we, we're very, um, I suppose we're, we're, we, really, we really see that side of it too, that um, you just can't be looking ahead of yourself, not this year anyway. And, and I think everyone is focused for the Kerry game. You mentioned winter football earlier, and like obviously we don't know what the weather's going to be like this Saturday, but we saw Parky Cueve last Sunday, even up in the Tyrone Donegal game, like the, the, the heavens opened and the rain fell. As a goalkeeper, preparing for winter football and what conditions, what, what's that like? Do you bring two pairs of gloves? Do you bring three towels? What, how do you prepare, Martina? Lots of layers, anyway. Um, I like I don't know. I suppose it's it's like because like I suppose we we'd really kind of encountered this as well at the start of the league, um. But nobody expected to be be playing championship style football at the start of the league, so you get away with you know, um, dropping the ball here, there, and everywhere. But I suppose it's going to be the same for everyone. Look, the weather is the weather. Uh, both teams have to play it and. Uh, watching the Kerry Cavan game at the weekend, they had it like they had pretty bad weather. The wind was 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 pretty bad, and and I think it started raining as well. So, look, they seem to deal with it well. They, there was a lot of there was a high scoring game, so I think it's it's just getting used to it now, getting it out of your head. Um, it's going to be wet. It's going to be windy. You just have to get on with it. Um, and plus, look, we're training two times a week, three times a week, or whatever in in that weather. So if you haven't put a, if we haven't got a handle on it now, we have no hope really. Don't, but look, I suppose it's the same for both teams. And and um, look, we like playing. Obviously, our style of play is probably better suited to to summer type football where it's dry. But look, you adapt to that, and 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 you just get over it, and you 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 just you just play what's in front of you really. Hopefully, Saturday will be the start of the four-game winning streak for Cork. Thanks for joining us, Martina. Best of luck on Saturday. Thanks, Kieran. Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, before we get your predictions for this weekend's two massive clashes between Cork and Kerry. Let's take a quick look at what to expect in this week's Southern Star. I mentioned a special guide on how the Cork footballers can stop David Clifford. Maybe start there. Yeah, we've had an eight-page special on the, on the Cork and Kerry Munster semi-final in Thursday's Southern Star. And like you mentioned, we've had the West Cork guide on how to stop David Clifford. And what we've done is we've um, caught up with eight local West Cork football trainers, managers, coaches to get their thoughts on what they would do if they were coming up against David Clifford. So we've Shane Crowley from O'Donovan Rasta, Tim Buckley, the Carberry senior football manager, Holly O'Sullivan, the Carberry Rangers football manager, and O'Grady, the West Cork um, ladies selector. We also have Colm Ahern, the County Kilty manager, um, Jesus, I'm forgetting the other three, but there's we've we've eight we've eight in total, and Dennis Healy from Donnie's and so on. So it's it's a really interesting read, and it's a very ta- tactical read as well. So there's some good stuff in that, and it's it's well worth reading this Thursday. Also, I've interviewed Liam O'Donovan. He's the kind of guilty and um, Cork wingback who was actually missing Sunday's game because he tore his cruciate in a challenge game for his club in early July. But I caught up with Liam just to see how, how his rehab was going. Um, just about the injury and to get his thoughts on on Sunday's game and just very interesting Jack that only last week Liam sat down at home and done more kind of guilty to watch last year's Munster final between uh, Cork and Kerry again and he still feels that's a game Cork should have won but he says he just didn't take their chances so it's a good read there with Liam O'Donovan um, another big point of our um, or big element of our preview is John Hayes the Kerry Rangers footballer is writing a column for us this week and then, as we all know, John is one of the, the top forwards in Cork Club football for the past two decades. So who better to assess the Cork forward options than John Hayes, who's also a, an All-Ireland winner back in 2010. So great stuff there from John Hayes. Um, if we've, we're talking about the knockout element of Sunday's game, 
And the last time we had an old school traditional Kerry Cork Munster Championship senior football knockout game was back in 2000 in Killarney, a Munster senior football semi final. And there was plenty of West Cork interest that day. And I've caught up with Duna Wiseman from Castletown Bear, who was a sub who came on that day actually for Rona McCarthy, the current Cork boss, in the second half. So I was just chatting to Dunn about his memories of that semi-final in Killarney that the Kerry won thanks to two very debatable penalties. So good stuff from Dunn Wiseman. We also have Mark Collins, we've Rowan McCarthy, we've Peter Keane, we've Kevin O'Driscoll, um, interviews with all of those. We've a Dennis Hurley column. So just alone on the Cork Kerry preview for Sunday, like you can see, Jack, it's action-packed. Absolutely. Well, let's not keep the listeners waiting any further. We want to get your big match predictions for this weekend. Let's start with the men. So Cork versus Kerry at Porcaquive on Sunday. Where is the McCarthy Millions going? I hinted at it earlier and I think I'd have to, well, I have to go with Kerry in this. I just think there's, they tick a lot more boxes at this stage. They're further along in their development. They're a settled team. They're after winning Division 1. They're a lot more mature than they were last year as well. Kind of, a lot of these young fellas are really kind of they're after bulking up and getting stronger. Um, I still don't think they're the finished article just yet. I think Kerry still have issues in defence. I think Cork can cause them problems if they run at them like they did last year. I think Cork can create goal chances. But you need Cork to be as clinical as they possibly could be on Sunday. They need to take every chance they have. And they need, they need to score three or four goals. Um, I just think the fact that Cork are missing too many players and there's too many doubts kind of fitness doubts over came in. I just I just have to favour Kerry in this one. So um if I had to put my millions on it, my monopoly millions, I'd be going for Kerry on Sunday. And in the ladies game on Saturday at Austin Stack Park, which is also of course Cork versus Kerry. You hinted at it again, but just to confirm, who do you fancy? Oh Cork here. I think Cork are going to get off the winning start. They need to they need to win this game and they're a team of big game players and I think they'll beat Kerry on Sunday and I think they'll go on then to play Kevin the next weekend. High in confidence. Lovely stuff, Kieran. And just a quick reminder as well that our sponsors, Access Credit Union, are giving away a brand new Cork jersey. So to be with a chance of winning, just head over to the Access Credit Union Twitter account. It's at AccessCU underscore IRL, and you could be in with a chance of winning a Cork jersey ahead of the weekend's games. Just a quick note as well to say that next week's episode will be our 100th. And as well as reviewing all this weekend's action, we'll also have a very special guest on to talk about his new book. Cork and Castlehaven legend Larry Tompkins will speak to Kieran about his life, career and much more besides. So that's not one to miss. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán